Welcome into the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball. I am Damian Barling. We thank you so much for downloading, streaming, and for listening wherever you may be at. Appreciate you being part of the show here. Many ways you can listen. Of course, we're available to stream on Spotify, iHeart. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. If you are an Apple Podcast subscriber, please make sure you take a split second to rate the show. I promise it only takes a second. When you see the five stars, if you could just hit those real quick, that's a big boost to us. If you got an extra 60 seconds or so and you want to drop us a little note, let us know you're digging the show, that would be fantastic as well. Those ratings and reviews go a very, very long way on Apple Podcasts. You could probably do that on a number of other podcast platforms, but particularly on Apple Podcasts, that's a big boost for us. So we appreciate it. If you're listening to us on that Apple Podcast platform, if you could rate and review as well, you can want to connect with the show. number of ways you could do that, of course, on social media. At Damian Barling on Twitter and Instagram. You can search Damian Barling on Facebook as well. Hit the like button. Uh, you can also hit us on our 24 7 text line, 916 888 5898. Again, that is 916 888 5898. So, a slight little departure here from the norm on the show. Uh, obviously, we are talking about the Sacramento Kings. We talk all things Kings here on this podcast, uh, but we've, we've got to talk about the situation with Luke Walton. And it's kind of been the thing that's been hanging over the Sacramento Kings organization uh, for quite a while. It it appears to have come to a conclusion Friday of last week. So we're going to spend a little time discussing this and discussing what it means for Luke Walton and the Sacramento Kings. We've got to go back to Luke Walton being hired by the Kings on April 15th. As we all know, that process was, was done very quickly. Uh, as Dave Yeager was fired, Luke Walton was almost immediately brought in. As a matter of fact, immediately following his departure from the Los Angeles Lakers, he was brought in here. Many people speculate that he had no problem leaving the Los Angeles Lakers as it was. You know, you often hear, oh, it was mutual. It was, they, they mutually agreed to part ways, and I think that was the wording used with the Lakers and Luke Walton. But I, th- I think in this case, it, it, it was actually very real. they did agree to mutually part ways because Luke Walton, again, the belief is Luke Walton knew he had a job here in Sacramento the moment he was released by Los Angeles. And by all indications, Luke Walton was the guy that Vlade had wanted all along. He went out there. He was able to get him. Hey, I'm fine with the process being hasty. If you know that that's the guy that you want, you're confident in him, go get him. No, No need to lollygag around. If that's your guy, you want to go get him. Go get him. That's what they were able to do with Luke Walton. And he was hired by the Sacramento Kings on April 15th. And that's pretty much where the honeymoon ended. He gave the press conference. Vlade was as happy as I've ever seen him as a general manager before. Uh, Luke Walton looked good in Kings purple. Fan base was fired up and ready to go. Seven days later, he was accused of sexual assault by Kelly Tennant, a former Los Angeles TV reporter. So shortly after that, so I think we're, we started at April 15th, we're up to April 22nd, it was just a few days after that, that the Kings in the NBA announced there would be a joint investigation into these accusations. As we mentioned a few moments ago on Friday, the investigation wrapped up with the NBA announcing there was insufficient evidence to support Ms. Tennant's claims, and unless further evidence emerges at least in terms of the NBA and the Sacramento Kings, the case is closed. So there's kind of the bookends of the case with Luke Walton. 
when we dive a little bit deeper into it, I mean, all of the details about what Kelly Tennant alleged to have happened are out there. We don't need to go over all of them uh, here on this on this podcast. But but to sum them up, Kelly Tennant claims that Luke Walton sexually assaulted her in a Santa Monica hotel room in 2014 when Luke Walton was an assistant for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, she also claimed uh, Walton harassed her on numerous occasions after that, including after he had been named the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, that's going to come into play here in just a few minutes. Now, the common question that was asked the day that these accusations came about and the day this was all made public was, well, why would she wait so long? And that's that's the difficulty. I'm I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you her quote before we dive into this a little bit. When someone assaults you, this is this is the quote from Kelly Tennant uh, a couple of days after the accusations became public. When someone assaults you and you think you're gonna be raped, coming forward is a scary thing. I've spent years now dealing with it, trying to forget about it, hoping that I can push it to the side, hoping that time would heal. And that was not the case. Over this time, I was able to muster up the courage and have the conversations with Garl where I felt comfortable talking about this so this is where the difficulty especially in the sports world it, it it gets really really dicey in the sports world because as you all know I mean I know there's a lot of women listening to this there are a lot of it's really under talked about like how big of an audience that sports stations sports podcasts sports teams how big of a female audience they have for so long. And I think it's one of my biggest gripes about sports media is it's still in the antiquated and forgive me, old white guy media. And and that doesn't make up the fan bases of your favorite sports teams or your favorite sports leagues. Some of the people who contact me the most, whether it be on social media or here on this text line are women. And so it gets difficult to discuss stuff like this because you want to be sensitive to the victim. You also got to be sensitive to Luke Walton because you don't actually know if these accusations are true. And then through all of this, you're, you're kind of navigating the medium of the me too movement. You're navigating the medium of a, of a potential victim. And so you look at this and go again, the question that came up so long, well, why would she wait so long to say anything? Why didn't she get the police involved? And this is directed strictly at the fellas here. Guys, we can't speak on this because we can't relate to it. It's difficult for us to say, well, she should have done this when she should have done that, when in all likelihood, we'll never be in that position. Now, if a woman wants to shoot us a message and tell us uh, or, or ask us why she waited so long, then, then, then that's fine because I think they're more equipped to speak on why a woman who was sexually assaulted, would not want to talk about it right away. People saying, well, she's 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 trying to get money or she's trying to get something out of her career. Not much can come about, not much good can come about of a sexual assault claim for the person making the claim. The, their name is, is dragged through the mud. When you think about it, I don't think that Kelly Tennant's name has been dragged through the mud. In fact, the person who has done the most damage to, to that woman's name was actually Luke Walton's lawyer. Um, Luke Walton has said absolutely nothing on the subject, at least nothing on the record that I'm aware of. Luke Walton has said absolutely nothing on this subject, nor should he, because he has, pr 
privately, of course, to the NBA and to the to the Sacramento Kings investigators. Uh, but publicly, he's still facing a civil suit, so it, it would not be wise of him to say anything publicly on, on this matter. His attorney, though, he, he wasn't the most diplomatic in dealing with this, as he called Kelly an opportunist and not a victim. And that's really, that's difficult. I understand that, that Luke Walton's attorney, his job is to defend his client. That's, you've got one job, that's it. It's to defend your client. But at the same time, when you use terms like opportunist and not a victim, that, that right there, that's a quote. That quote is why more women don't come forward. Because as, as you'll learn here through this conversation, these types of accusations are really, really difficult to prove. Sexual assault, especially the, the kind that was outlined by Kelly Tennant in, her, in the press conference that she gave and, and, and then in her, her lengthy write-up, that type of stuff with, again, as you'll learn here in a minute, even with video, is really, really difficult to prove. So, and I, and I bring up that even with video because, you know, I'm, I'm going to mention a, a, a former, and again, I apologize. I know this is, this is going to be one of the darker episodes of this Sacramento Kings podcast here, but did you follow the, the Mateen Cleves case, former Sacramento King, former Michigan State University uh, player? He, he, he was brought up on charges of rape. And there's a video out there now that was played in court the video was played in court and it was released publicly through the Public Information Act after the verdict had already come out. The verdict had ruled that Mateen Cleves was was not guilty. Not guilty on the charge of, of, of rape and the various other charges that were out there against him. And the video came out that again, it was like a day later after the verdict had come out. And there's a it, it, I think it's a hotel security video. It's it's outside. A half-naked woman is running away from a butt-ass... Mateen Cleaves is running around in socks, ass out, chasing this woman down the street who appears to be like she is. she does not want to go back. Like she's, she's frantically flailing around. Now, I'm not going to... I don't know the level of intoxication or the level of... Uh, substance alteration i i don't know any of that all i know is or all i know is the video that i saw and then i think he runs back and he puts some boxers on or something and he runs back out after it is one of the most bizarre things i ever seen it was like man he was not guilty <laughs> like they've got a video of him chasing this woman down the street ass naked taking her back to his hotel room. The woman is frantically trying to get away. And they still determined when it came down to he said versus she said, they still determined that he was right, that his account is what happened, that it was a mutual hookup, if you will. His lawyers defended the video saying, again, this is the job of the lawyers, right? In this case, it was Mateen Cleaves. The job, they, they said uh, he was being, a, he was worried about her. She was half naked running, 
you know, running down the street, you know, running outside of a hotel room. He was worried about her. He was trying to get her back to the room where she'd be safe. That's what his lawyer said in court. And it worked. Again, that's with video. When you have he said versus she said, or she said versus she said, he said versus she, anything like that. When you have those types of cases with very little evidence, no video, it's difficult. It's difficult to prove. The burden of proof in this case is 100% on Kelly Tennant. Because there's no evidence out there, at least none that we're aware of. But we know that she filed a lawsuit, not only against Luke Walton, but as I was studying up for this podcast, I learned that she she's not only suing Luke Walton, she's she's named, there's, there's six other unnamed defendants. That really caught my attention because like I, this is weird. I've never heard of this before. How do you, is it like not publicly named defendants or does she not know who the other six people are? Michael McCain of Sports Illustrated uh, wrote about this like, like back in April uh, when the lawsuit was first filed. He acknowledged the six unnamed defendants and while it's unclear who those defendants are, it's likely... Luke Walton's employers at the time of the alleged assault, which would be, you know, members of the Golden State, whether it's Steve Kerr or Bob Myers or someone along those lines with the claim that they're liable for his behavior. And because she alleged that the harassment continued when he was named the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, that also means people like Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson could be listed in this lawsuit as well, making the same claim that they're liable for his behavior. And she documents the the uh, the other alleged forms of harassment and the lewd remarks and comments and the the aggressive uh, physical exchanges that that he had with her as he was uh, the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. And so. I, I again trying to dig more into this, trying to dig more into the lawsuit aspect of this by not naming the defendants right away. What Kelly Tennant's attorneys might hope is that they attempt to reach a financial settlement with her before they're added to the litigation. So, again, that would make sense if we're talking about the Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. Now, as far as the Sacramento Kings, they're not involved in this. Because he was only the king's coach for seven days before these these uh, accusations were were made public, and he's not going to be charged with a crime because the 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 statute of limitations for this type of incident it's is three years, and you know even if we go back to April it, it's already been four, and even if they weren't even if the statute of limitations hadn't been reached yet. Like Walton's not going to be charged. Nobody is going to be charged in this situation unless prosecutors believed they would be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that a crime occurred. Like we've all watched enough episodes of law and order. We know how this works. Unless you can prove the crime was committed, charges aren't going to be filed. Charges aren't going to be filed in this case. Again, even without statute of limitations, charges 100% are going to be filed in this case because it was it was too long ago. Like, Luke Walton faces no criminal charges when it comes to this. So where the civil suit goes from here is of little no concern to the Sacramento Kings, barring, 
a change in evidence. So if you read up on the the NBA, if you read the, the, the release from the NBA and the Sacramento Kings, and you probably know that Kelly, she didn't testify, or testify is the wrong word, forgive me, that, that, that's, that word's not applicable here in this situation. Kelly and her attorneys, Kelly Tennant and her attorneys, they didn't speak to the NBA, and they didn't speak to the Sacramento Kings. And people, well, why, if she wanted to prove something, why didn't she talk to the NBA? Well, again, remember... The lawsuit is still in play here. She has nothing to gain by talking to the NBA. As a matter of fact, she would have a lot to lose by talking to the NBA because by doing that, she tips off Luke Walton's attorneys of what their strategy is going to be in the civil case. She can't, she's not going to do that. This appears to be all about that civil suit, which again is going to garner a reaction. When you can't file criminal charges, now she said, this is about me. This is about me clearing my head. This is about me standing up for, for women in sports. This is about me for, this is about me standing up for, for women who, who have felt this similar situation with, uh, with other powerful men. That's what she says. But on the outside, sports fans who aren't always the most rational people are going to look at this like, well, this is a money grab. She's 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 trying to get money out of whether it's Luke Walton or the Golden State Warriors or the Los Angeles Lakers or the National Basketball Association. She's trying to get money out of somewhere. Again, sports fans sometimes were not the most rational people. We just saw Andrew Luck retire and his hometown fans boo him. Without him having said a word, they got, they got alerted through their phone that he was retiring and they booed him like crazy. Again, not the most rational people we are. So while the investigation just wrapped up, it's been clear for a while now that the Kings were comfortable with whatever Luke Walton told them when the accusations were first made public. The Kings were, were comfortable with whatever Luke Walton said seven days after he was hired. Because, you, I, I, and I'll give credit to the Kings because I think they did this the right way. When this story came out, we didn't hear a lot about Luke Walton and we didn't hear even about things like Luke Walton's staff. It felt like Luke Walton's staff was taking forever to develop and come together. Now behind the scenes, I know that, well, it actually was, but the Kings were also cognizant of let's not put out a bunch of news regarding our head coach because we have this investigation going on. And if we just come out three days later in advance, okay, Igor Kokoskov, Lindsey Harding, and you know, however many other uh, people are, are assistants to Luke Walton, you name that, three days later, you're basically stating, yeah, we're, what a, this investigation is nothing. And the Kings may have thought that, but they at least had to put up the front that they didn't think that. And as the more time passed the more and more the Kings got comfortable with what was going on. And you could see that publicly because, as I just said at the beginning, and I thought the Kings handled this the right way. They kind of kind of tucked Luke Walton away. Like, okay, we hired him. Yeah, let's hit the ground running. Wait, what? Oh, we've got, oh. Okay. You just go in your office. And we're going to do all this stuff on, on the down low. We'll get your staff together. Not going to have a lot of press releases. Not going to do any of that. Let's 
let's just tuck you away a little bit. But the more time passed, you started to see Luke Walton out a little bit. Like, I know Luke Walton did an appearance at, at uh, Burger Patch in downtown Sacramento. I think he made a few other ones as well. It was like, okay, the further we got from this, that's what it started to say, okay, the, the Kings are pretty comfortable with what they saw. And even, you know, entering the investigation, you had to know, like, this is going to be impossible for them to prove. It was Luke Walton's room. There was obviously not a camera running in there. He's probably pretty comfortable. And, of course, all of that is assuming that, that Kelly Tennant's uh, description of events is accurate. Because they might not be. And that's the difficult part. That's another difficult part about this whole thing is she might be. I'm not saying that she is. So bear with me here. Just let me, let me you know, kind of play both sides of the fence. She might not be telling an accurate account. And this type of stuff lingers. And this accusation with Luke Walton, it, it lingers amongst a lot of Kings fans. It's not just a forgive and forget, or it's not just an ignore. There are some fans who are like, hey, let's roll. Luke Walton, hey, this is our coach. This is our guy. There are others that are like, yo, this is gross. This is whack, man. Seven days after he got here, we got to deal with this. After all, all the Kings fan base has had to deal with. Now we've got to deal with this? Like our new head coach is wrapped up in the Me Too movement? Luke Walton put out a prepared statement on Friday after the results of the joint investigation between the NBA and the Sacramento Kings was made public. He says, and I quote, I'm 100% focused on coaching the Sacramento Kings and energized to work with this incredible group of players and coaches as we start the preseason. I will have no further comment. Again, that's the end of the statement right there. And it's the right approach for Luke Walton, his attorneys, and the Sacramento Kings. This civil suit, should it make it to court, should it should it uh, become something that's presented to a judge, it could take years. It could take a very, very long time. Luke Walton gets nothing out of saying this publicly, which is difficult because I'm sure there are a lot of people that want to know, like, yo, man, what it... I'd like to hear Luke Walton's side of the story. I heard Kelly Tennant's. I'd like to hear Luke Walton's. But Luke Walton is a defendant now, and it, it wouldn't be wise of him to speak. It might go a long way in terms of public relations, but that's that's not the way his attorneys can approach this. So we can all have our opinions on this, and it's a it's an ugly part, it's it's an ugly start to the Luke Walton era, if you will, as the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. Uh, some people are going to be able to close this chapter, some people aren't. You're not right or wrong either way. If you close the chapter and you move on and Luke Walton is your coach and you're fired up and you're ready to go, you're not wrong. If you can't close the chapter and you do look at him sideways and you do wonder what went on, you're not wrong. There's no right or wrong in terms of how to react to this. Everybody is going to have their own feelings. And we can have our opinions. All I ask is let's be careful how we frame them. Let's frame them respectively, which I know is a lot lost art because so much communication now is done through social media. Kings fans uh, congregate and, uh, you know, Sacramento Kings six-man group on Facebook. I love those guys over there. I almost clapped at someone yesterday because of some. They had, uh, I, I'd be giving it away if I said what they wrote. I'll just say I refrained from writing a lengthy message there on Facebook because that type of stuff, that con the context, and I was annoyed by it. 
But the context can get lost. And then you get into a big old argument where you guys are typing on your keyboards back and forth and you're getting all these other people involved. And that's how we communicate now. We communicate through social media. So when we frame stuff like this, particularly of a sensitive nature, we've got to be careful with it. Like this wasn't a criminal case and this isn't the civil case. It was a company investigation. So Luke Walton wasn't cleared of anything. The NBA simply stated they there was insufficient evidence in this case, and we can't back up Kelly Tennant's claim, so we're shutting it down. We're closing the case. And I, I feel like that's what we can do too. But again, I don't fault you if you don't. I have questions. My questions can't be answered because Luke Walton is staying silent, and that's the right thing for him to do until this civil case is over. This civil case might not be over for three or four years. This civil case could be settled out of court with non-disclosure signed. I'd like to know. I was a guy who didn't have a problem with Luke Walton being here as, as the head coach when he was with the Lakers. I We've often said that the trajectory of the Lakers before LeBron James and, and, and Rajon Rondo and all of those people got there. The trajectory of that young Lakers team was fantastic. And if the Sacramento Kings could have modeled that, I would have been thrilled. Well, Sacramento Kings, of course, leapfrogged them last year with the addition of LeBron James and the rest of that group in Los Angeles and the, and the, and the downfall of that team and the downfall of Luke Walton's time there and Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson and all the city things that went on with the Lakers last year. But I like Luke Walton. I thought Luke Walton would fit here. I thought his style of offense would fit here. I thought his ability to relate to the Sacramento Kings young core would work. So I'm all for that. But again, I have questions. I don't look at Luke Walton as if he's guilty. But I do look at him differently than I did on April 15th. And that, I, I understand that's unfair. But until we know more... And realize that might not be, like, ever. We very well may never know uh, what went on, or we may very well only know Kelly Tennant's side of the story, depending on how the NBA, the Lakers, the Warriors, and Luke Walton's attorney, attorneys, choose to approach what's left of this. But if nothing else, that investigation is over, Luke Walton can go about his daily duties as a Sacramento Kings head coach. Not that he already wasn't, but he can do something that I, I don't think that he has been able to do since April, and he can ingrain himself in the Sacramento community. I think he'll be received more favorably than not. But again, those who receive him favorably and those that don't, neither one of you are wrong. We're, this is a, a, a sensitive subject. And you're not right or wrong for feeling how you feel. You're allowed to feel that way. Again, my apologies for the, for the slightly darker than normal edition here of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and uh, the HoopBall Podcast Network for all your basketball news and all of your fantasy basketball news. Check out hoop Ball. Dot com. Uh, also, please, I know I mentioned it at the top of the show, but it's worth mentioning one more time. Subscribe, rate, and review. We're available everywhere. Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean. 
if you can get a podcast there, you can get this podcast there. But remember, on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, that would be awesome. It is super important there. Tell your friends that the season is approaching fast and make sure they all subscribe and know where they can get the latest Sacramento Kings news, rumors, and thoughts. You want to send your thoughts? You can. Again, I know the subject was touchy, but I'm always open to feedback. 916-888-5898. That's our 24-7 text line. You can also connect across all social media platforms at Damian Barling on Twitter, at Damian Barling on Instagram, and search Damian Barling on Facebook. Hit the like button there as well. If you want some daily sports talk, check out the podcast with Damian Barling on this very same podcast platform that you're listening to this one on. Just search my name, and you'll be able to find the podcast there. Again, daily sports talk uh, that ventures well outside the parameters of the Sacramento Kings. So thanks for tuning in. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, We'll be back later this week with more of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall.